This is Banging on the Drum. Welcome to episode 37 of Banging on the Drum. Uh, this week's episode, we just have Riley and I today. Uh, no more Iron Mike. Mike's uh, uh, perfect game streak is coming to an end. He's no longer our Brett Favre. But how you doing over there, Riley, in Texas? Here's hot. I'm, do- I'm doing well. I'm sweating my balls off, but we're surviving. Um, how you doing? I am doing great. Not so hot in Florida. Um, I've been getting updates uh, on Texas weather from my wife, who's visiting Texas for her first time. And it is kind of weird. So you were saying it's like 103. And yeah, man, right it, now. It's only 84 degrees in Florida right now with a high it, of 90. It, usually it's not like this bad. It's usually maybe the hottest. It's like nine upper 90s at this time. But it's just been so hot for like two weeks in a row now and it's going to be another couple of days so yeah and i i think we might not even be the two in the hottest weather mike's over in vegas right now so i wonder how how those car saunas there have been treating him um up to 115 in that oh. car get some farts in there and he'll be he'll be sweating out all of his sins that he's doing over in vegas he's probably what is he in vegas for i guess i I didn't even know he's going to vegas i think it's so you remember how he did the badger uh softball game yeah so i think someone in his family is like for a profession kind of runs those things and i think they're running the raiders uh, softball game. Mm-hmm. So he he might get to see, like hang out with like NFL players. So he might. I think he did say Devontae Adams wasn't playing in the game, so he won't see him. But you could I mean, I'm sure they'll be come some, on. No shit, Mike's Mike's <laughs> out there making connections for us. We're hoping. But anyways, with that being said. I'm going to guess Mike's overs and unders for the week. So for Mike's under, I know he'll listen to this too. So his under is he had to travel with his whole family through the airports. So I could, I, I guarantee his under was taking three kids through the airport. Oh yeah. Which yeah, I don't get how people do that. Like, it's it's rough enough just getting yourself through airports nowadays. Like having like three little kids along. I'm pretty sure Mike's kids are pretty well behaved. Actually, I don't know that at all. But <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll we'll hope for his sake that they are. And then Mike's over is he got to hang out with Hunter Renfro. So, oh, does he actually? That's definitely something he's going to say, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, he very well could be. Like, it, I was surprised at how close they put him to uh, the Badgers players, like him being the weirdo that he is. Yeah. Like, like if, <laughs> if, I, if I was Mike's brother-in-law or 
I think it's his brother-in-law that sets these things up. I'd be like, yeah, we can't have this guy too close to the players. <laughs> he's going to be trying to touch them and get their autographs. <laughs> so those are Mike's overs and unders. What, what are your, what are your unders and overs? You oh, we off. had a tough, we had a tough under. I felt like a major jerk today or yesterday, I guess. So Donnie's been really nibbling people which is fine, but he's getting too old now. And like, he just, he doesn't know when to stop. I think he just gets too excited. And now he's just biting a little harder and harder. And I finally just like had to really yell at him. And he's really got to come up to me the same in the last like 24 hours. And I just feel like the worst person. I'm like, I'm sorry, Donnie. But yeah, my unders, I feel like Michael Vick. So what do you mean he nibbles people? Does he like try to hurt them? Like- no, no, no. He's, he just like his tail's wagging and he's trying to play. And like, if you have a toy in your hand, like he'll play with, try to get the toy and you'll throw it. He'll see it thrown, come back, give you like a quick, like nibble. And like, he'll be like playing and just run and grab his ball. Like he who just thinks he, that's part. Who was he nibbling on? You or Paige? Just me or and it's not hard. It's just like a, like just literally puts his mouth around you. And occasionally he'll get too excited, I think, and just like maybe go a little too hard. But like, you know, it's not in a bad way. Like it's not malicious, but he just doesn't know when to stop. Yeah, I know. And it, it's tough to know the best way to deal with that. So I had an experience with that like pretty recently. Like one of my best friends down here just got a dog and it's the breed is a moody. It's a pretty rare dog, but he's a big time runner. And this dog can just handle the miles that mm. he'll put on it. Uh, but it's, it's a working dog. Like it needs to be doing something at all times. And it's like specialty is like herding sheep or whatever cattle or something. I went over there with a few other people and this dog just kept making sure we were like sitting in our spots and not like letting us do anything. And then two people left and it was just me and my buddy. And when I would get up to the bath, go to the bathroom, the dog would jump and nibble at me because it would want me back in my spot. And one time it bit me like really good. And it's a little puppy, but it yeah. like actually did hurt. And I just turned around and just started yelling at his dog. But I felt like such an asshole because, like, I heard later uh, from, like, a dog expert on some podcast that I was listening to is, like, dogs like that don't respond well to negative reinforcement. So you need to, like, I, I don't know. But if, if it was my dog nibbling at people like that, like, I, I would just be scared that, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. But, yeah, we, that's we. We got him from like another situation, kind of weird situation for him. So like he, I definitely wasn't trained at all. So I think he just thinks that's playing, and we just—he's just old enough now to where he's just kind of stuck in his way. So you really gotta hammer it. But yeah, we'll see. And they'll learn. Like I'm pretty. So my dogs, my dog that I brought into my relationship, if I play rough with her, she'll she'll bite just like a little bit but you definitely have to be asking for it she won't do Mm -hmm. it unless you push her to the point where if you were playing with her and you were a stranger and you were playing with her rough enough to make her 
do her little bite thing that doesn't hurt at all and you got mad about it it would be your fault like she won't do it to you unless you're okay. like like engaged like james on which is weird that she knows when yeah when not to yeah yeah but that's my under i feel like michael vick um and then other one not t- not really an under page one our golf thing we can touch it later my girlfriend and she she doesn't know golf at all and of course she hopped on the draft kings thing and just I kind of told her, like, look out for these things. I gave her one pick, which was Rory, and then she just cranked out the rest and just, I think, won by big margin. So she's been bragging about it quite a bit. Yeah, I want to look at that real quick because I was going to save it to a little bit later, but we'll throw that out there. Nice work, Paige. You get uh, <laughs> breakfast with Mike at Hardy's in Oakdale when you're when you're ever back in Wisconsin and you get a free can koozie that I'm pretty sure you made. So yeah, it's so right now. <laughs> so just take that and don't let Riley use that one. Uh, Mike took last place. He got crushed in that competition. But yeah, Paige had I don't know exactly how the scoring works, but she had 479 points and the next closest was me with 379 but she put a hell of a team forward with rory hovland basically that's all she needed she took two of the top five that that competition was interesting i definitely enjoyed it where i think i'm gonna start putting some money on some of that golf stuff because i was i was high on Cam Smith, but whatever, we'll get back. We'll get back to that uh, when we get into the golf thing. But nice work, Paige. Yeah, good work. Um, my over what was my over. Oh yeah, so me and Paige started watching. I'm sure a couple of people have seen it. Blue Mountain State. I don't know if you've seen it, Pat. Mike's Mike's seen it. It's a very uh, funny show about college football. Kind of very raunchy, but it's it's just super funny and I'm glad i can see it but i saw it in middle school so i thought it was a lot funnier than what it was and the acting is just kind of shittier than i thought but it's still funny yeah i absolutely hate that show like when you and mike i I was a little busy when you and mike were talking about how good it was i think that's one of like the worst shows ever made that i mean that could go in my spicy meatball department like i yeah in I think I watched, I I can't remember if I watched a full season of it. I got to the point where they were like injecting piss into their dick, like to pass a piss test. The oil change. We just saw that yesterday. Yeah. And I don't know. It was just. How is that not right (laughs) up your alley? You're talking about fireworks getting lit out your ass two weeks ago. It's it's just like the, the, the way they go about it it's just like too over the top like i i guess whatever i didn't play division three football and i didn't really hang out with people who were playing division three football but like it's just i don't know it's just too much it's yeah it is a lot it, it was a lot more over the top than i remembered i will say that yeah, and I think I think I watched it when I was maybe like an eighth grader or a freshman in high school. So 
just that like would make sense. and beer. <laughs> yeah, like, that's that, so cool. That would make sense to me, like why you would like it because it was right up here. I mean, like in the time where your humor would be at that level. But that's what it reminds me of. Is and I can't say much. Like I, I love talking about pooping. I love <laughs> like talking about fireworks out of people's ass. But for some reason, like the comedy in that is so much. I keep wanting to reference the episode that we did with Mark, but we were talking about how Jim, I think Jim Carrey's over the top. He thought Will Ferrell was over the top, but it's just like that kind of comedy. Kind of like, I think it's called slapstick. Like Mm -hmm. everything's exaggerated. Yeah. Like, Oh God, he got me. That was a bonker. Oh, they're going to do a battle on the field for, like, I remember, like, some episode, like, the freshman had to do some sort of, like, the, gauntlet. They, they had to do the cookie run where they put a cookie up their butt crack and run 100 yards. And if it falls out, you have to eat it. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, I think I think what I would say is the show is a little too broy for me. And That's fair. it's very broy. We, my, my wife and I were at a wing place this weekend and there was like guys in there watching golf, like with like backwards hats on, like short yeah. shorts, like, and just being like loud, like, and just acting like they knew too much. And yeah, it just made me cringe. I was like, sure. I hope I don't come off like that. And I know I've been at a point in the past. I would like to think I was a little self-aware, but I used to get a little too drunk and I probably rub people the fucking wrong way more, <laughs> more than I even know. So. so I can't say too much, but not, not my show. Fair. But Fair enough. Mike, Mike loves it. Fair. All right. Any, any more? So your over was that you started watching the worst show ever made. I, I I knew that was coming back as soon as you said <laughs> I was like, this is not gonna be an over. But yeah, I guess it's my over. No, but it is good. Like when you find like a new show that you and your girlfriend can watch. Like I said, not not up my alley, but I won't judge, even though I just ran a whole smear campaign on the show so <laughs> whatever it was i think it did well um i know other people who loved it so so i will just say not my taste but i get people think it's funny so i only had three seasons so it couldn't be too popular yeah and i think that's that's why it was just yeah like over the top for too long yeah. Yeah, and they couldn't even finish like four. You would think they would at least get four seasons, like let yeah. freshmen graduate. I, I don't even remember. Did it, does they, it even end? And I'm like, they no. do. They do a movie. I know that. So I think they. I think they got the death sentence, or so whatever. Like kill the program, and then eventually they had a movie that set up that type of stuff, the ending. But I don't remember off the top of my head. All right, good. So you still got something to look forward to. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll run into my unders. So I'm going to hit this one again. So we had a podcast. We brought Mark on. We were using a program that seemed like it was going to be really good. And honestly, Mark gave us like the best 
like golf coverage that like we could have got from like anybody that we know, like obviously we brought like a pro on, but I was watching a shit ton of golf this weekend and Mark like hammered all the talking points. Like it would have sounded like so good if you would have listened to our show and then rolled into that. And I can't even get the audio like good enough to, to air it. But like Mark, Mark would have sounded like a pro. Like if someone listened to our podcast and him talking about the course and like who was going to do well and who was setting up to do well, like they would have been like, damn, this guy like really, really knows his shit. And we couldn't yeah. even air it because, but you were there. Like, I mean, if you watch yeah. any golf. No, I, I, I actually watched the, I think, Saturday and Sunday, a little bit of each day, and I recognized the names he actually said. So I was, like, genuinely impressed. And he did a good job, like, talking about the players, for sure, but, like, the course. And the links. Ex- yeah. Yeah, the course especially. So so that that kind of uh, – that was a little disappointing to me because I was like, oh, shit, like, we were we were on it. And I heard, like, I listened to some other coverage before the tournament as well. And, like, truly professional guys came on. They just said the same stuff that we already had. So we could have had that and had it out. And we would have had it out before <laughs> before other people. But not, not that. I think with, like, golf guys like Mark and, like, these other guys, like, they know this significance of St. Andrews. I would say... I think they have the major there every five years. You know, I would say I really started paying attention to like professional golf maybe six years ago, but like, I didn't remember it like that. Like it it was watching St. Andrews and like hearing the significance of how they were selling it was, there was a lot of stuff that I would say was kind of news to me, like the shared greens and shit. That was kind of like, Mark said I didn't that. even know those existed. I didn't either. Like, and I probably watched a tournament there before, but I have a dog shit memory that doesn't help me when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, he did really good. And then we'll, we'll never, we'll never see that one aired unless I like find a way to dig into it, but it's too late. anyway. So whatever, not a big deal, but but yes, he he would have got some flowers, I think, if uh, if that aired and it went well. Because I mean, you see the team he picked for our international draft, and he just absolutely crushed everybody in that. But yeah, but whatever. Absolutely. So then my other under, I was back home in Tallahassee for the weekend. It was a great weekend. My wife is out of town for work. I am always out of town for work. My dogs seen my wife packing her bag. I dropped her off at the airport today and I came back to the house and my dogs cranked the the guilt trip up to 10. They were being like so sweet and like you could tell they just didn't want me to leave. They knew something was up. It's not that bad. Uh, My brother-in-law is still there. So they got their they got their uncle for the week. So they got their fun uncle, their funkle <laughs> for for the week. And uh, they should, they, they'll be better off than times we've let them in the past where they just have a dog sitter coming over two to three times a week. But 
But yes, they were definitely giving me the puppy dog eyes and I felt real guilty leaving today. So my, my dog guilt meter gets way worse with age, like especially that, with the dependency of dogs. Mm-hmm, that'll be, so Paige goes to Florida in like a week and a half or like two weeks from now and that, like he'll like cry when it's just me home, like for an hour, like he'll just be scared or like not scared, but just waiting for her to come home. She's going to be gone for like four days. So might be a little bit of a shit show. And wiener dogs like Donnie, they like seem to imprint on usually like one person in particular. Like sure they'll they'll like like three or four people in your family. But yeah. from my experience with them, like mine always loved my mom the most. Yeah. So so like if my mom was gone, it would just wait for my mom. Like he, he, we have like a window that's basically his height to kind of jump up and look out. And when I'm here and she's not, he'll just sit and look out that the whole time. And it's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll play for like 30 minutes. I'll be like, oh, he's, he's warming up. And then when we're done, he'll like go lay in his bed right next to the window. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, so that's her dog, man, man. Yeah, no shit. But on the over side of things, so drove two and a half hours while thinking of my dogs feeling guilty. And then I got back to my hotel. And I'm staying at like an extended stay hotel. So they only clean your room like, I don't know, once every two weeks. So I got to keep my shit like up. But it was getting a little grimy. I would say it was. It was starting to not feel good being there. And (laughs) since I've been working nights, like I've been missing some of the cleanings. So I ended up talking to one of the employees and I was like, is is there any way you guys could clean my room Friday? And they're like, oh, we're super busy, but maybe like I'll put a note in there just in case. Got back to my hotel room, pristinely clean. My shitty part that I feel bad about is I forgot to leave a tip in there, but I like, I've been here so long that like, I understand which employees are the ones like cleaning the room. So I'll probably just run a tip up to the front desk and say like, please give this to whoever cleaned my room. And then it'll be off my conscience that, yeah. that I tip. But are you aware of that, Riley? Do you like, tip when you stay at a hotel if like do you leave a tip no so me and Paige we say that hotels a couple times I won't it's been a while I've tipped I mean obviously to go out for food but yeah no I there's a shuttle like okay so here's one in air I got a shuttle to the airport one time and I didn't realize you had to tip them and my mom's like texting me, like, make sure you tip them. And I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm running into that part of my life, I think. Yeah, that's one thing. I I think I found out relatively early because I think one of my sister's first jobs was cleaning hotel rooms, like, when she was, like, 15. And then she'd be pissed if, like, they didn't leave a tip. I don't, like, I don't think... I will say like, I'm not a big fan of like the tip culture, but I understand the culture we live in. I tip and I tip fairly well. 
<laughs> but I think there's like probably 50%, if not over 50%, like don't realize like oh, no. tipping for your room to be clean is like something yeah, is probably necessary. Yeah. So I, yeah, I guess growing up, I've said that plenty of hotels just was sports and I've never once even seen anybody think about tipping. Now that I, now that I think about it. Yeah, maybe I'm crazy too. Maybe maybe it's not really a thing, but I mean, whenever I, I leave a tip, I usually leave a note as well. Because I yeah. think if you just leave money on a table and then they take it, they probably would be like, oh, hey, I had $20 sitting out and they just took it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I've left like, I don't know, like not like a half-eaten pizza like some people do. I know that, but like... If I have a, case, a half a case of Mountain Dew or like Gatorade from something, I would just leave it for them to take. Or I know it's not much, but <laughs> just be like, here, here's my Coca Cola vanilla that I use as a mixer. I like how you try to twist you being a lazy ass into like, oh, I'm giving them some Mountain Dews. <laughs> like, yeah, I just didn't want to carry it back to the car. Yeah, yeah, like you make it sound like, oh, you're just. Here's a Mountain Dews for cleaning my room, but a half pizza. You think they're gonna eat your? No, no. I'm saying I, I haven't done that. Like I wouldn't leave like a, but like if something was sealed, yeah, then maybe I'd leave it. Maybe they take it back and have some Doritos on their break now. I, I hope so. Like if I uh, (laughs) left beer in the fridge, I hope that would enjoy the beer. Exactly. I think I would leave a note that says, please enjoy this beer. I didn't mess with it, but they I probably won't. They I probably do. have like a protocol that they have to throw it away or some shit. Probably. Yeah, probably. Who knows? All right. We'll get off that. But tip tip at your hotel, especially if you're at like an extended stay, I would say. Or or don't. Do what you do. I think you're supposed to tip, but maybe maybe you're not. We'll see. Maybe, maybe people will reach out and comment if they if they tip at hotels, we'll make that'd Mike. Be a good pull. That'd be a good poll. Yeah, we'll make Mike uh, tweet out a poll for us and see how many of his five thousand shitty followers vote on it. Maybe we'll, if he's hearing this right now, create the poll and we'll test if he actually listens. All right, Mike, you're at a hotel too, so I think he'll have uh, feedback to give. So Mike's Mike's staying at a hotel with three kids. They're probably messing up the room real good. There's probably two beds in the room. They're probably jumping back and forth in there, wrestling, doing some choke slams, some power bombs, some degeneration X shit. One of his kids is telling telling Mike to suck it. Uh, Got some RKOs. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, put out that poll for us. See if see if it's normal to tip your hotel staff for cleaning their room. We'll get off that. So yes, thank you, Mike. And from there, we will go to spicy meatballs. And I think I'll leave this one off. You've seen the clip of uh, AJ Dillon running over Kenosha's. So I think that was an absolute asshole dick move. Like the Mm -hmm. way he hit that mascot, like it was funny. But holy shit, that's like him running me over. 
I'm not trained to take a hit like that. Like that guy was not. I I highly doubt he was expecting AJ Dillon to like yeah. go full on. It's, it's probably like a college intern that's getting unpaid, and he's going. He's like, all right, go take this fucking hit from farting hit from AJ Dillon. And he, yeah, and he was probably like AJ Dillon's not gonna like. You know, destroy me like that. Maybe you'll give me like a good stiff arm or something. Like that that's what I thought you would do. But I mean, it was a phenomenal clip. Like that guy's famous. Not I mean, he went viral. I guess he's not famous, but like damn, like yeah. I guess my spicy meatball is that is like sure it's getting like pumped up and like it's funny and stuff. I think that was an absolute dick move by AJ Dillon to go that hard on a mascot like that. It's, yeah, I tend to agree with that. I know a lot of people like that, but I feel like me and you just kind of have more guilty conscience mm-hmm. where you're just like, God, why would you do? Because it, you don't, that was a hard hit. Like that could have been like, not. I'm not saying it could have been an injury. Like I'm not trying to be a Karen, but that, that was hard. Yeah, no, I mean, I would think that you would have some self-awareness at a point. I don't even think you would want him to do that to another, like if they lined him up with like a linebacker on the pack in practice, like I'm pretty sure the Oklahoma drill like that is damn near dead in the NFL. Cause like, it's just like where injuries are made. You remember that angle tackling drill that were you guys still doing? Oh yeah. Like it was just, it was just like, see if you can hurt somebody, basically. And even, even when I got to high school, so in middle school, it, they kind of let us go. But high school, it seemed to like they really got into the safety and they really they slowed that down. But even at that, we were still doing it like once a week. Just going at like hitting as hard as we can at each other. Which kind of makes sense to me, though, like when you're younger to do it. May- Maybe this is a stupid thought process, but like, I guess you're still learning how to tackle and trying to like show people maybe that like getting hit like that doesn't like hurt that bad, I guess. Like, cause I was always a pussy in football. Like that, that drill definitely would help me out a little bit. Like I was always nervous, like going into it, but like every time I got done with it, like even if I got clocked or clocked somebody, like I was like, oh, well that wasn't that bad even though i did see people get like knocked up not maybe not knocked out but like hurt just lit up yeah yeah like and i'm like don't want to go against that guy but yeah aj villain going because there's no chance you you can't tell me that wasn't a hundred percent at least (laughs) yeah like tone it tone it like even if you went like 60 percent on that guy and just like ran him over but he, I, and he didn't have pads on too. So honestly, I think that like makes it even worse. I mean, other than the helmet, like if a helmet was on, like that would yeah, be that, awful. But like, yeah, like a shoulder bare pad shoulder. Down, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, that is actually very douchey. <laughs> but anyways, dude tweeted out he was fine. I think he's liking the clout that he's getting from it. And, and the mascot. 
I, I don't know if the guy I, I ended up following him. So he's getting Mike would have loved to be this mascot. He's getting all kinds of he, follows <laughs> from people like me and stuff. But the, he played it, he played it off like a like a G because he was like, I'm fine. Like <laughs> they have um Braden Allen. He just did it, I think yesterday or the day before, did the same thing as AJ. I don't know if it was as hard hitting, but they had him come out and do it now. Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that guy's like a glutton for punishment. And maybe I'm the douchebag that's overanalyzing. Maybe the kid's like, I'm cool with it. Like, I want it like some jackass type level shit. Because that's like something they would do on jackass. But they're getting paid. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Okay. So that's that's my first one. How many how many degrees of jalapenos are you doing? How many jalapenos? I think... I think it's a little right down the middle because I feel like it's either it's pretty 50 50. Like, I feel like a lot of people think it's douchey, but then again, a lot of people just think it's the funniest thing ever. (laughs) So I I don't know. I, I, I'll I'll go right down the middle two and a half. Yeah. And I think if I had to be like self-critical and give myself an honest jalapeno rating, I would say three, because I think people would say I'm a bitch for having that opinion. I think there would be more people saying I'm a bitch for having that opinion than uh, than just being like, oh, it's just yeah. weird. Let, let's lead into your spicy meatball here. The whole time the since I've been doing this podcast, I feel like shotgunning is kind of a weak punishment for losing bets. And I guess this can lead into our whole, a little bit of golf talk because I know you want to get into that. But I lost our international thing and now international competition we had between all of us last episode and now that i'm thinking about it like i really don't want a shotgun like um a sun drop or seven up i don't have much sun drop down here i'll have to find it but it'll probably be seven up or but like i just don't want to because i can just like tell i'm just gonna <laughs> regurgitate it back up and just i'm already yeah. kind of regretting saying that so no, I think you're right, though. Like, I agree that it's not a brutal punishment. Like, I definitely when I had to shotgun my last sun drop, like, I wasn't looking forward to it. But then, like, once I get drunk while we're doing this, like, it doesn't bother me at all. And then it's usually, like, not even that bad. And then going back to Mark's interview, we actually did get the clip of him uh, ripping his sun drop in like, like one second flat. Um, He kind of made it look like a bitch punishment right off the bat too. But my question is going to be is if this isn't a good, good enough punishment, what is a good enough punishment? And I will let you workshop it. So you get to think, for a week before I want your real answer, unless you got some good answers right now. I don't, but I feel like we, maybe a good thing we can do is think of some, or if you guys have some, we can, we can have like a little hat and have some ready for the NFL season. Ooh, I like that. Like draw, draw a, uh, or maybe, yeah, maybe use some sort of program to get a punishment out. But, like, I'm just trying to think because. Yeah, I mean, it can't be. It has to be reasonable just because we're all in different locations and don't yeah. want to be too crazy. 
Yeah, and like the things, like I mean, we don't make any money off of this. Like I could see if like it was your job and you're making money off some shit, like that you could do some crazy shit. Like the only things I can think of is like shave your eyebrow. And I think that's too drastic for like for for people who like work too hard, light a firework out of your asshole. I think that one might be, but like it's we can't help each other out in doing it. So we would have to have like our significant others light fireworks out of our ass. And I think that would be the part that takes it too far. Like my wife just being like, why are you doing this? Like, so I, I couldn't justify that. Mike would have one of his kids lighting a firework out of his ass. Like, I think that's a little. Especially too for us, because we're in like apartment or I'm in an apartment complex. So I'm sure it's all people are watching page light a firework. <laughs> Got an audience. Maybe, yeah. No, I don't know. Maybe we got to up the sun drops, I guess, until NFL season. I don't know. Yeah, the only ones I can really think that are realistic is, like, maybe make someone take, like, four shots before a show and just do the show just completely shit face. Like, I mean, that's, like, realistic at least, but... Yeah, we'll have to workshop a few things. For now, we will be keeping it shotgunning citrus sodas because Riley can't get his hands on uh Sundra. Yeah. I, I, I think I could, if we could, if I'm allowed a week to get some, cause I can ship some in, but I just, I don't want to drive to like the East side of Dallas. Cause that's like the nearest one. And that's like over an hour away. So I'd have to get it from somewhere from Walmart online or Amazon. Yeah, we'll keep it realistic, but maybe maybe we should make that uh, uh, prerequisite of the show is that you need to have a case of sun drop on on deck for the football season. Maybe everyone needs to have. Well, Mike has easy access, but like you and I, maybe we'll just have to splurge and buy Order a cube. Yeah, twenty four pack. <laughs> buy, some $35 24 packs of sun drop to get shipped <laughs> to our house. So I, I'm out right now too. So I'd be screwed if I, if I lost that one. So it would take me a little while. So, so we will understand, but you are on the, you are on deck for shotgunning a sun drop. I will All be right, ready next roll. week. Sorry. Yeah. No, and no worries. If, if it takes a little bit longer. I think mine took a little bit longer than a week to get here, but we'll, we'll see. All right. So from there, we're going to roll into our quick Packers talk. I think both of you and I saw the same tweet uh, right before the show started. And they're coming out with Madden ratings for this year. And the Packers wide receiver Madden ratings came out and we're going to see what Riley thinks about the matting ratings of our receivers. Do you want me to pull them up so you don't have to? I I got them up right now. Um, so I'm a big Madden player. Kind of feel like a slap in the face in the face right now because it's so easy to use the Packers, but not, not with this wide receiving core and their overalls. And I know this means nothing to the actual actual NFL and how the Packers play, but like Hurts me. So 
I'll just kind of give them a quick overall and who who's kind of on top towards the and going down. So Sammy Watkins right now is our highest rated at 79, which in terms of Madden, that's that's really bad. <laughs> that's so bad. Um, it's not good. It's maybe like top 50, top 60-ish. And then next one going down, Randall Cobb, 78, Al Mazard, 77, and Christian Watson, our rookie, is a 71. So it's not it's not ideal. And like I said, this means really nothing to a lot of people, but I just it's it's interesting. So I think those are like very fair ratings. Yeah. Uh, I gotta pull them up. I thought I'd be able to pull it up easier on what'd you pull it up do you pull like the tweet up so yeah i'll send it to you or if you go on twitter just search packers wide receiver wide receivers and just scroll down just a little bit all right no i got it here so watkins 79 cops 78 see i think Cobbs is fucking generous i think the ratings they do nowadays they actually do pretty well for the most part, because so Watson 71, Amari Rodgers yeah. 69. And yeah, again, I, I don't I don't think like I don't think they're off. I just think it's kind of crazy. It's just we it gives kind of an insight on how other people gauge our wide receiver core and kind of how a lot of people do in general and just interesting. But I think the thing with that, I don't know. I haven't played Madden seriously in a while. But I think when you have Rodgers and you have that kind of receivers, I think you could pretty much add five to each of the receivers' ratings. I don't know if they do something like that with uh, Madden. But I think from my experience, when you have that good of a quarterback – you could basically add five to all the ratings for playing with Rodgers. And then you would have Watkins at an 84, Cobb at an 83, Lazard at an 82, Watson at a 76, Rodgers at a 74. Yeah. Just, just for playing with Rodgers. But like if Love comes in, I think you could maybe, <laughs> maybe drop them back to like where they are slash – minus a point from each of them like yeah yeah because it definitely is like a what have you done for me lately league but Mm. i i remember ratings like when i was younger i felt like they were very generous with them nowadays i think i think whoever does that does a fairly good job of that because i think that's i think that's what i would give pretty much yeah I think Cobb is generous. Like, yeah, I would put Cobb at like a 74, 75. Yeah. Ish. And yeah, the only like big headline they had, they had a couple like fake leaks like a month ago, but the official ones are coming out slowly now. The only big storyline is Jamar Chase not being like rated top 10 overall wide receiver, which. I mean, I I don't think most people care about. So usually they have a couple things that are glaring issues, but seems like they're getting better. Yeah, top ten for Jamar Chase. Off the top of my head, I would assume that he's in there, but I bet you if someone goes down the list, 
I'm not really going to try to do it unless I can get it smoothly. But like, obviously you'd have Adams, Cooper. Yeah, I, I don't know. I bet you he's damn near 10. Yeah, at 12, if, 11 or 12. Yeah, if not. And I mean, that's one amazing year. So yeah. Yeah. If he does, if he does it again, I guarantee you he's going to be. If he yeah. has the same season he has as last year, he's going to be top five for sure. Absolutely. Do you know where uh, Justin Jefferson landed? I think I do remember seeing him. I think he was like six or seven overall, middle of the top ten, and I think he was in ninety-two or ninety-three. Okay, I think is fair. As much as I hate to admit it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it's talking Packers, talking Madden ratings <laughs> with y'all. All right. So we will roll. We'll do a pun here. We'll roll it in the hole with Pat here, putting her in the hole with Pat. Awesome golf tournament this weekend. Very, very, very amusing. I loved it. Um, I don't remember watching golf at St. Andrews like this. Like I said, I'm sure I have, but I was a lot more locked in uh, than I'd ever been. I I watched quite a bit of golf too. Like I loved the time of the tournament because Thursday and Friday, I was working night shift until six in the morning. So I was catching, I was catching the best groups and stuff. I ended up paying for Peacock for a month. I'm going to cancel. I got to remember to cancel my subscription. Don't cancel my subscription. No, I Peacock's so underrated. I It's got the office parks and rec. And I know when Tots, Tottenham come around and watch those too for like six bucks a month. Yeah, no, it, it's not bad. I think it was like four bucks for me. Yeah. But, me and Paige <laughs> are just obsessed with the office so that in itself is worth it yeah and i so i was taking advantage of it and i was watching parks and rec again and that's dangerous for me that starts to like roll into like hours and hours of my day so that's why i need to get rid of it is because sure those shows are great and they're some of my favorites but i do not need to rewatch them again they consume me a but anyways, paid for Peacock, got like to watch the groupings. I'm drawing a blank off the top of my head, but there, there was some pretty good groups that came out. I can't remember who Rory was with, but I think it was Shuffle. There, there was there were some good groups that he rolled out on Thursday and Friday that I got to watch. Um, the course was just great to see. Like it, it was just cool. Like it was, it was like there it was, I rarely get interested in golf, but just having like a different golf course is enough for like me to tune in and be like, oh, there's two two holes on one green and like everything plays fast and it just it was different. Yeah, it was cool like to see that they had to learn. And I guess those guys probably didn't learn to play this way right before this tournament. But it was cool to see that they had to like change their game completely uh, to play in a tournament like hitting balls like 20 yards shorter because they knew it was going to roll further. But 
just like a whole different format of golf, basically. But yeah, that that place is pretty wide open. They they did shoot very low scores. Pretty much, if you stayed out of those bunkers, you were pretty damn good. And then Sunday, going into it, Rory and Victor Hovland had Hovland had uh, two stroke leads going into that one, and then Cam Smith. I don't know if it was a historic back nine that he put on a show. I think he buried six of nine holes on the back nine and just was putting like an absolute machine back there. After the the Camerons had the lead on Saturday and the group with Rory and, and Hovland, well, I'm saying his name wrong. Hovland, Victor, Hovland. yeah, Victor Hovland. They they flip flopped on thirteen on Saturday. Cam Smith had a, just like the shittiest setup for a shot. Like he wasn't in the bunker, but he was like right next to it where he had to stand into the bunker, and he decided to just swing out of his ass. And the announcer made it sound like he just lost the tournament for taking that shot. And it was a pretty shitty shot, like for the announcer's credit. And he ended up in not quite as shitty of a spot, but anyways, he, I can't remember if he just bogeyed it or double bogeyed it. I think, I think it was a double bogey and that gave Rory the lead. And then Rory just looked like he was going to win the tournament. It looked like it was set up for Rory to yeah. win the tournament. Being the PGA boy, being the – I mean, he's from Northern Ireland. It was getting played in Scotland. So, like, close to home, as Mark was telling us that you guys will never hear, very historic. But if you watched any of the golf coverage, they were they were repeating that over and over and how important it is to win, win there. And even with Tiger Woods, like, missing the cut, uh, walking to 18 over that that bridge uh, and everybody going nuts. Like, pretty cool scene there. Uh, the broadcast bias for Rory was like, it was crazy to me. But it wasn't even just a broadcast thing. It just seemed like it was his time. I think they said it's been like 20 majors since he's won one. And like, that would be a big one for him. Like he was even open about saying, like, this is the one I want, like more than the masters. That's that's the one knock I had against it. Like when Rory missed the shot on 18 to kind of solidify the win for Cameron, it just like it was so underwhelming because like nobody cheered the the announcer like, and that will be it, or like, and that's it. Cameron Smith won it. <laughs> it is just kind of underwhelming right there, but yeah, but I mean, he definitely deserved to win. Like he, yeah. he he played phenomenal, and he did not have that good of a day Saturday. Like after Saturday, I definitely thought it was Rory's tournament too. My wife and I are pretty big Cam Smith fans ever since the Masters. Ever since he, like, I mean, obviously he's been rocking that mullet and that mustache. But we really wanted to see that mullet and the mustache in the uh, in the green jacket. And he he pissed away the masters, like because Cam Smith 
was right there for the Masters. I can't remember exactly what happened, but I remember he didn't have the greatest Sunday. That was kind of ruined. And I've been high on Cam Smith ever since then. I think it's the mullet, the mustache, and like the easygoingness, the the casual look. I mean, it's not even a casual look, like, but he does just kind of seem like yeah. When right when I turned it on, I think he was the first face that popped up, and I was like, "Oh, look at this guy, the page," and he ended up winning the tournament. So he may have gotten a slight fan out of me. Yeah, no, I I was very happy that Cam Smith won. I don't know if you remember it. I I have it on text message to one friend, our other golf expert that hasn't came on the show, uh, Craig, because he told me it was Spieth's weekend. And I told him, I, th- I said, I think it's going to be Cam Smith or Slick Willie Zalatoris and, and Cam Smith. So he gave me credit. And I said that to Mark too, right? When he picked Cam Smith, I was like, God damn it. I think that's, I think that's the guy that's winning the tournament. But maybe, maybe I can pull that sound clip and make me feel good about myself. Yeah, just great tournament, great golf. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And I'm kind of sad that the major, major golf seasons are over because I, I had fun with that. And I, I do want to toss it out again too. We did the DraftKings thing. Or what were you going to say? I was just going to say, are they really? There's no more majors? Yeah, I think they're all done. Because wow. they start the season with the Masters. Then I think they go to the PGA Championship, which has <laughs> already been played. And then the U.S. Open was the first time we had Mark on. And then, well, the first time we had him on for golf. And then this was the fourth one in the Open. So, so Yeah. And maybe maybe I can get myself pumped up to see who wins this like FedEx Cup thing, but I don't even pay attention to the golf standing, so I don't I don't know how that works. I think I know more about the NASCAR standings than the golf standings, and I've watched literally probably five minutes of NASCAR since we've started making Martin Truex Jr. our our guy. I am gonna watch a race when the chase comes. We, we will touch it uh, later. I was going to jump to again. So the DraftKings thing, we got seven entries. So hopefully hopefully we can have more foresight in the future and try to get people into this thing. But yeah, Paige crushed the competition, winning by 100 points. I still don't know exactly how the point system works, but she picked Rory and Victor and – that's basically all she needed. So I took second and that was just because I took Cam Smith. I think I was the only one to take Cam Smith in that thing. I think he might've just been too expensive, but like I said, I had, I had an inkling that I thought, I thought it was Cam Smith's time to shine. That's you. All right. That was putting her in the hole with Pat. Now we will do brewers at the break. So. We kind of walked into this break ass backwards. We're playing like absolute hammered dog shit right now. Uh, haters giving up saves left and right. I didn't take down his ERA, but I want to say it went from under one to like 4.5 in this last stretch. 
just been crazy. It's ever since he had that kid. He might need to get rid of that kid. I don't know <laughs> what's going on with that. What do you got with how this team's been playing? I just think overall, overall the Brewers have been very underwhelming. I know Hader is kind of an easy target, and he has been playing not well. I know earlier I said you can't overreact, but it's just kind of been weird and concerning how we've been just blowing games. Like we've been up early and then losing leads pretty, not commonly, but over the yeah, past no. week. Yeah, commonly. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's a little early. I was pretty quick to say in our, quick, in our group chat that correct counsel's seat should be warm enough. But I think to a point, he shouldn't be getting – you shouldn't be that comfortable right now. It's hopefully we are in a good spot to make a playoff spot. And if we blow that, it, it should be maybe time to move on. I'm not saying we will get that, get to there, but hopefully it's a little bit of an eye opener and a good break when we need it. Yeah. Yeah. So brewers. So yeah, I, I will say I am, the worst at calling for someone's head. I'm loyal to a fault. I think I read somewhere loyalty one way is uh, stupidity. And I'm definitely stupid when it comes to that. Uh, but I, I do love Craig Council. I do think you're right, though. I think his seat's probably warming up. And I think if you've seen the Brewers get to like under 500 in the second half of the season, think there might be some talk i could be crazy i i haven't heard yeah. anything other than from you no, i know there's I'm, other other fans that are not happy but i've never seen any report that came out yeah i i haven't seen any report either i i, I feel like i'm just like the quick tempered person of us three that's always calling for people's head but i don't know i just i don't i hope he's not getting too comfortable is basically what I'm getting at, I think. Just a couple losses the same way, like repeating. But yeah. And I'm gonna rattle off some numbers and where we're sitting here. Anyway, so Brewers are 50 and 43 with a half game lead over the Cardinals uh at the all-star break in the NL Central. Uh, like we were saying, absolutely stumbling into the all-star break, going three and seven over their last 10 games. Josh Hader's ERA is skyrocketing, and the team as a whole is playing like hammered dog shit. So, not not the greatest. So we're gonna go through uh, some of our stats and like where we rank in the league. So in batting, we're 24th in average, hitting 235 as a team. Our best batting average on the team is McCutcheon, hitting 255, uh, 15th in on base percentage. 314 as a team. Christian Yelich is 347. So that's kind of promising. I feel like I didn't look at where he's sitting in the league for on base percentage, but he's doing a good job of getting on base. And I think Mike was touching in one of our recent episodes is like he's leading off. So you can't really ask for much more than that. Uh, we're fourth as a team at home runs with 124. Willie Adams leading the team with 19, 11th in the league in RBIs with 406 and Rowdy Tellez has 57 RBIs. So just looking at those numbers, we're 24th in batting average, 15th in on-base percentage. I don't know. It seems like we are going to need a bat 
before the end of the all-star break. But also that being said, I feel like one of our outfielders is hurt all the time. Like whether it be Renfro McCutcheon out for COVID shit, uh, Tyrone Taylor out for some shit. Like it just seems like one of our bats in the outfield is always out. And this is the closest I've paid attention to a baseball season in a very long time. I can't, fully remember but it does seem like we are in the position players at least we're a little more nicked up than usual as a team like someone's always down uh in the field so if we get fully healthy I mean pitching I feel like that's always a position where someone's going to be hurt if you have all five of your your starters in the MLB healthy I feel like that's more rare than having two of them that are on the, or that are injured or on the injured reserve. So pitching we're 13th in ERA, 3.84. Corbin Burns leading our team 2-1-4. He's an all-star, pretty much leading our team in every single, every single category. Uh, we're 12th in quality starts with 35. So our starting pitchers been pretty good. Uh, we're aware of that third in strikeouts. We can strike motherfuckers out. And then eighth in opponents batting average against Devin Williams leads the team with a uh, batting average against him at 0.146. And those are two all-stars. I think Hader made the all-star team, but I don't know. I mean, it's definitely because he has a kid. He's not going to show up to it. I, I seen something that came out is like, I feel like I need to stay home. Like we just had a kid, which makes sense. Maybe it's affecting his play a little bit, but this all-star break couldn't have came at a better time. Like these guys definitely need to think about something other than baseball for a little while. Uh, And we're only sending two as far as I know in Devin Williams and Corbin Burns. Yeah. That's, that's what it's going to go. But our takeaways I mean, the Brewers had a solid first half record-wise. Definitely yet to hit our full potential. Lots of injuries in the first half. Kind of held us back, I think. Uh, It seems like the outfield has been banged up all year. Freddie Peralta hasn't played since May 22nd. So he sounds like he's starting to throw full bullpen sessions and that he'll be back soon. So I think that'll be big. Looks like we could use another arm in the bullpen. Our bullpen's kind of getting banged up, uh, especially when Hayter's not on. It's basically Devin Williams is our only guy that's been locking people down in the bullpen. Like I said, on a positive note, all-star game could have came at a better – or all-star break could have came at a better time. Uh, hopefully after that we can get back to winning baseball. And like we say every episode – if you told me before this season started at the all-star break that we were going to be seven games above 500 and we were going to have a lead in the NL central granted that lead dwindled, we're stumbling ass backwards into this all-star break. I would have took it first place at the, like you, you can't, you got a playoff spot at the, at the all-star break. I mean, you could beat it, but ain't a bad spot to be in for the second half. We're going to start with a half game lead. I'll take it. I'll take it. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely some concerns 
that come yeah those, and with the Brewers team like you said uh I, I was getting at it too all-star break coming at the right time and hopefully just gives everybody a break obviously all right Riley you want to do an all-star game challenge I, yeah let's do it so what we are going to do we are going to each pick one all-star from the AL and NL to be the MVP. And if we get that right, the loser has to shoot a firework out of their ass. Are you are you sure you want to do a firework out of the ass? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're settling on? Um, unless you you think I'll of do, something. I'll I'll do double or nothing. For the for the sun drop, if you get it right, or if I get it right, or if neither, if it's a wash, then I'll just shotgun my one. All right, let's do that. Double or nothing, sun drop challenge. So I need. I will let you pick first. Here, I'll share my screen real quick so you can see what I'm looking at. I assume you're going to pick someone from the starting lineup. So I will pull up the starting lineups for you. So can you see the starting lineups? Yes, I can. All right. So you pick first. You can go NL or AL. But you got to pick one from each. This is this would be a bold prediction, too. I, looking back at this, too, the last five All-Star games been won by the AL. I did not realize that. So it might be the AL's time to shine. They no, they the AL won the last five, I think. Really? Yeah, because that first, on the AL oh, side. Okay. Yeah. Reading that. Um, first pick, it's gotta be Otani for the AL so, for the Angels. Riley goes at hey. Otani. I got to stop doing that when I say Asian names. Uh, Pat will go with Paul Goldschmidt. I hate the guy, but he crushes it all the time. So that from the NL, I'll go with gold shit. The gold shit. All right. Um, now I get to pick, no, I get to bring it back. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. get my... AL one, and I'm going to go with Tim Anderson. I think that's my up and coming new favorite uh, White Sox. Yeah, yeah. Tim Anderson. I have a soft spot for him since we've been watching a little White Sox too. He's a fun player to watch. Yeah, he's cool. I- I've never had an issue with the White Sox either. I kind of like them. Um, yeah. Ever since they gave um, Scott Pesednik a ring, I was I was happy with them. <laughs> um, I think. My next pick will be Mookie Betts for the NL. All right. So gives us something to pay attention for. So loser of this has to shotgun two sun drops. I'll I'll even amp it up a notch too. I'll go Ooh. I'll go with I have to do two sun drops as well. So so Riley could if none of them hit, Riley has to shotgun one sun drop. If any of them hit. So if Riley wins, I have to shotgun two. If I win, Riley's got a shotgun two. So that is the all-star game challenge. 
And I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass and act like I know what's going on in this all-star game. I do think that baseball does a good job of an all-star weekend as, as a whole. Um, I do have the home run derby on in the background and I'm not very impressed with it. looks like Pujols is crushing Soto. Oh no, never mind. It's pretty close, close battle here. Whatever. I'm not going to bore you guys and try to talk about the all-star game. We will move on. I wish I wish I knew who was playing the celebrity softball game because I would do some celebrity softball and game. That was uh, yesterday as we're recording. Uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad got ejected. I think really? it, was, uh, it was on Twitter a little bit, so you could probably find it there. I don't know if it was sarcasm or not because I was half asleep when I was watching it, but he did get ejected. I'm sure it was staged. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard Brian Cranston is a pretty nice dude. So from there, we are going to head to the back of the onion bag. I know Riley watched a Tots preseason game. How did it go? What, what are we looking for this year? We're in the oh. Champions League. Yeah. So and I've been watching Tottenham, I don't know, for six or seven years now. So a little bit. I, but this is, I think, the best we've been like on paper since then and it, it's looking good I guess the preseason game was I mean one one but those are preseason games and it's same as like NFL you got half your backups are in you can't really make judgments off that but yeah we're in Champions League we'll figure out that the whole group stage because that'll be pretty big that'll be at the end of the end of August so not for a while World World Cup's coming up, so we've gotten quite a few good players overall. So I think our team's looking pretty good. I don't know if it's just my bias, but I think for once we should have like a solid team that gives like an actual real challenge for the overall championship. The English Premier League. Yeah. And and the Champions League. Are we maybe maybe not the Champions League? So we did make the Champions League finals a couple of years ago. I was in college still, so maybe like 2018 or 2019. And we were like the underdog, pretty big underdog. And we got very lucky. I don't, I don't think it could happen again, but we could maybe get lucky, miss a very good team, luck out on who we play type of thing. But we, we do have a better team than what we had that season, it seems like. Nice. So, so we'll be tuning into the tops this year. Yeah. Uh, when does that season start? I think you said it, August? Three That's- three weeks from Saturday. So a little under three weeks from now, two and a half weeks. So and so- it'll be it'll be interesting. Just in the Premier League overall, there's a couple of Americans playing for people that watch the World Cup for the first time. Like there's Americans playing in bigger league so there's a lot more intrigue i think overall all right i like it and then they take a break for the world cup they do like a yeah break that's awesome. yeah like a month that's, long i think i like that all right well that was the back of the onion bag with riley so now we're going to go to driving fast and turning left with mike and i am going to be mike here so martin truex jr news so this looked like our best race. Uh, looked like we were going to win one. We led 172 laps. 
out of 301 laps. So we led for more than half the race, ended up finishing fourth, collecting 53 points, but it definitely looks like we're going to need to hang a W before the end of the season because we are in 16th place and that is the last place you can be in that you're still in the chase. From what I remember, I'm going to look at the results real quick. So we are in 16th place with 619 points. So we have more points than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 people in front of us. So with a win, that will jump us up like eight spots, but it definitely looks like we need to get a win because the dude that won this week, I don't even think is like a point collector. He just, so Christopher Bell won this week. And I want to see where he is in the points. Sorry, this point system just uh, just intrigues me. So he has 507 points. He jumped the shit out of us just because he won this race. So definitely need to get a win. I think there's six races left to go. It looks like it looks like Martin's going to need to win one to make the chase. Do you like that? How you have to win to get into the chase? Or I absolutely, you- I absolutely love it. I think okay. I think winning should take precedence. It looks like if you win enough too. So the guys who have won three and two races are. So Chase Elliott's won three races. He has 734 points. So he's definitely the best in general. He's got a lot of top fives, top tens as well, but he's at 734. So, I mean, it really does. When it comes down to it, the guy with the most wins has the most points as well. But yeah, I like how the win trumps just getting points because Because like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. So, amen. So, need to get that win. Uh, Ryan Blaney is the guy that's in front of us in the points that doesn't have a win as well. There's a lot of, from what I can see, like Kevin Harvick, uh, he's in 17th. But yeah, like any given Sunday, one of these. What, is it, what would that be? That'd be 22 racers. If any of these 22 racers win, we're out. We're out of the playoffs. So, so we need people in the top 16 to either keep winning or we need to win our win ourselves to make the chase. And like I said, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch was, one of the chase races. I was going to say, the I'm, way you're explaining it, it's kind of setting up like a little dramatic, like I might actually pay attention. Yeah, no, it'll be cool. I don't, I think it resets once the chase happens too. And, okay. and I that think it'll, sense. I think it'll be pretty fun. Yeah. The point system, like I said, I haven't watched ship racing, maybe five, 10 minutes since we've started doing this, but the point system like intrigues me so much that I like dig into it. I, yeah. I very, I very much like their point system. And like you said, I enjoy that the wins count for more. 
Like, I like how you can get bounced, even if you had a great season, but you didn't get a win. So there's this Kyle Tilly guy who has seven points. I assume he's like a backup racer. But if he wins with his seven points, he would jump us. And I respect that. Yeah. It's like a knockout punch in a boxing match. Like you can get begin your, you could be winning the whole match and then if you get caught and get your ass knocked out, you lose. So I like, I like that excitement factor from there. I see your breakdown at WTR. So we're rolling into some WTR talk and you are definitely taking the lead on this. Um, I didn't write any notes. I did just watch it. So like, it's pretty fresh in my brain. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the reins for this one because you did a pretty damn good job of breaking this down. Thank you. For once, I actually took notes, so I didn't look like the idiot just standing and smiling while you guys did it. But man, um, no, I might I might take a clip and share the notes that you got for this <laughs> one. You did like more than like a school report on this. But um, let it yeah. Rain. I'll kind of, I won't read it word for word either and kind of um, budge in when you want to. I'll start out where the, where the episode starts out. Uh, somebody's robbing an ATM in Dallas and then it cuts to the intro. But I think the more important thing is the new badass intro, new scenes. Chuck Norris is looking kind of, looking handsome, whipping his head around, looking all scenic. It oh, looked badass. Sweet, man. It was, it was. (laughs) And then, so after the intro, it starts out, Uncle Ray and Cordell are driving in their truck and Uncle Ray starts out with kind of a shitty dad joke. And that that will come back later in the story. I know it doesn't mean much now. Did you get his joke? I did not get it at all. Um, I don't want to repeat it because I feel like it could be maybe offensive. No, repeat it. I don't think it's... I, I don't, I don't remember it too as part of it. it's basically the setting up the electricity on the reservation and like why is it electric and it's because oh, okay. some type of wires and i didn't get that yeah i didn't get it at all it was like so so the native americans didn't shit on the ground or something like oh it, no i don't know if that's what it was but basically it was like now that you've sparked my memory it was mm-hmm. the they sent a, uh, a Native American to electrical engineering school to bring knowledge back to the uh, tribe, so they didn't shit on the oh, floor. <laughs> but it, like, oh. just I it went past. I didn't get it honestly. All of his jokes throughout the whole thing, uh, like you said, this come yeah. becomes a theme. I didn't get one single one of them. Like, I don't know if they were actually supposed to be funny. But yeah, so after that joke, it cuts to the robber and his brother kind of getting away. And of course, they happen to run into uh, Cordell and Uncle Ray. And they get out, have a little scene, um, have a little tussle. Well, first of all, Cordell tries to stop them. Um, The robber shoots his tire and takes off in car. In his car, and then of course Uncle Ray and Cordell get on get on their horses like the stereotypical Texas cowboys, which I will say actually exists. Like I lived with Paige's um, family for like a month before I 
we got situated and there's like actual people that ride horseback to like dollar general in the in the boonies but they set out on horseback um got him beat him up of course um and brought him back into town so he took him back from like the boonies all the way to downtown dallas on horseback which i thought was awesome yeah i want interjection don't you think it was kind of odd that it was just like bad luck? So this guy robs an ATM, gets <laughs> with his brother, who his brother is like, hey, this is a bad idea, dude. You're already in trouble. You shouldn't be doing this. And then he's just like, "Woo, we did it. We got the money. <laughs> like, we're good to go. And they're like partying it up. And then sure as shit, they're sliding around a corner and Cordell and Ray are there. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like they were chasing him. It was just, like, wrong back road at wrong time. Like, it looked like they're on bumfuck nowhere. They they run into old... Yeah. Yeah. It just... Well, it's a a show. This whole episode could... Yeah. This whole episode (laughs) could have been avoided if they weren't on the wrong back road at the wrong time. Exactly. And it was, like, a back road. Like, there's no one seeing dirt road. But yeah, yeah. so they get to the police station, bring him in to questioning. And then Alex lets the robber, whose name is Roy, lets Roy go. And then eventually Trevette and Cordell trail uh, Roy after he gets uh, or after he gets questioned. And he kind of runs away on a motorbike with I don't know who it was, but got away from their supervision, I guess, or their spying or their tailing. Yeah, he oh. just had a home dog that was down to give him a ride from the yeah. town. Because Trevette put a tracking device on his car. Yep. But the, the guy couldn't get his car out of the impound. Next scene, yeah, they're chasing a guy on a motorcycle. Motorcycle guy gets away. Uh, back at the house, we get um, introduced to a random character who ends up actually shooting Roy right as Walker and Trebet are approaching Roy's apartment. Obviously they kind of come running in to see what the commotion is. This guy named uh, Waxwell, I believe he is um, a bounty hunter from Tulsa. Um, It's kind of a rough character. Um, Cordell obviously sees it right away, but he says he's a bounty hunter. He has the papers to prove it and they get brought into questioning. Yeah, they were called, we'll call that guy Boone. They were calling him Boone. I think you had the right last name, like Boone Waxwell. But the Boone. but the bad okay. yeah, we'll call we'll call the bad guy Boone. I had a quick question because he uses Hoss a lot. And I knew one guy from Texas, and he would always call people Hoss. Is that still prevalent in Texas? I've I've heard it. I'm not saying it's common, but it's definitely like. I've heard it more again where Paige's parents live when the where the population's like 500 people. I like that one. Like short, <laughs> short for what's up, hard ass. Like people who say it hoss are they they strike me as people who want to fight somebody. Like it's like yeah. tough guy. It's like calling a guy a tough guy. If you call someone tough guy, yeah, like, you're asking you, for yeah, a little like, bit. What, of what you want tough guy? And I think that's even more so. I guess bitch kind of flares people up, but I feel like tough guy. I had a buddy. 
call this guy a tough guy in public one time. And it was, it was pretty cool, but, but yeah, I was like, like, if he wants to fight you now, like if you call someone tough guy and they fight you, I think it's kind of on you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mine for me, when like somebody I don't know calls me buddy for, it just like irritates me. Yeah. And there's a way I think you can, you can call me buddy and there's a way like where it's not a thing, but like, if it's like, if if it's said with some animosity to it, I can see how that, that would be fighting, but yeah, I I call people bud, buddy. Yeah. No. Yeah. If it's in like an endearing way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Anyway, sidetracked. Any, um, Boone was taken into questioning Cordell and uh, Trevetta are questioning him and eventually gets let out because he has legit papers. Um, seems sketchy at first. So Cordell and Trevet kind of keep that in mind. But the next scene, Cordell and Trevet visit Roy and Ned, the, uh, the robber's father, um, who's in a wheelchair, kind of looking rough and was saying that, um, Ned, who's the guy who's alive between the two robbers, that he's a good guy. He would never get involved and really had nothing nice to say about Roy. And then kind of the next scene, Trevet and Cordell are tailing um, Boone, sorry, the um, bounty hunter to the diner because um, Boone is questioning Roy's girlfriend, I believe. Yeah, and Boone's a piece of shit. Uh, Dravet was calling it like a scene. I did write one thing down. I think we might be doing something where we get our favorite line and favorite fight scene. I have my favorite line set in this show. But Trevet told Boone he's low enough to walk under a snake's belly without knocking his hat off. That was that, that was yep. the best, yeah, best, best line of the show for me. That was that was one line that actually made me just like stop what I was doing and watching. Very uh polarizing. But anyways, so there um Boone is questioning the girlfriend and threatens to beat her if or if she says anything to Gervet and Cordell actually does end up beating her. You'll see she's in the hospital for her injuries. After that, Trebet and Cordell followed Don to a bar where he pays the two just macho kind of stereotypical biker dudes to beat up the Rangers. And that activates our first fight scene, kind of a quick fight scene, but the two Rangers oh. whooped ass and it, it, it was light work to the fellows. Yeah. The, Trevette's elbow to that guy's face was fucking nice. Yeah. Like, Cause it, it was just how he should have delivered that elbow. So absolutely. It, it's Boone, not Don, right? You, I think you called him Don. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying Don now, but yeah, it's Boone. I apologize. <laughs> but, but yeah, pays the guys. They walk up to him. Guy breaks a bottle like very aggressively yep. and puts it up to Trevette. And Trevette's just yep. like talking to him, and then Walker walks up. And like, I think in their conversations, like, hey, we're gonna be whooping smash right now. And Trevette starts the fighting by just cocking back, cracking yep. the guy right with his elbow. And yeah, yep. great, great fight scene. That that that's a nominee for best best fight scene. Yeah, it was quick and it was quick and painless. 
But um, after that fight scene, Cordell visits um, Roy's girlfriend again, but this time she kind of spills the beans, um, telling what's actually happening and telling um, Cordell that uh, Ned is meeting them somewhere. I don't, I don't, re- I don't remember that specific, but they had a kind of a meeting point where they would pass off the money. I think Roy's girlfriend also reveals to Cordell that they're only robbing banks to uh, pay for the farm uh, for his dad's farm. So it's kind of a tug at your heartstring moment there. Yep. His heart, Roy's heart was definitely in the right place, mm-hmm. but he yep. was kind of a dipshit though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so of course, Boone knows the meeting point or yeah. finds out the meeting. He intercepted point. a phone call. That's yeah. that's why he roughed up uh, Roy's wife or girlfriend or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Good. Glad you interjected there because I missed that. But yeah. So he inter- he went to the meeting point and threatened to take the money from him. He just had a revolver hiding underneath his hat the whole time, I guess. Um, but he threatened or he got the money from him and then told him to get in the car and drive to be his getaway driver. And then of course that sets up the, the, I guess the final fight scene in the episode where it starts out with Don or how did it start? Cordell and Trevette like pull up, I guess, and kind of cut him off as they are driving away. I'm sorry. I I I think they got, I think they got the information from, uh, the Roy's wife that that's where they were going to meet up. They had it off Boone pretty good. So basically Boone was there to steal the money right away. And they were like one step behind him. Uh, Ned hopped in the car because he had that gun pointed on him to Mike's point last week. He shouldn't have gotten the car. He should have just fought right at that point, but kind of a good thing he didn't because uh, Walker and Trevette show up and then yeah, Ned, what does he do? Oh, yeah, no, he takes uh, – so Boone takes Ned on the car, kind of does the – points the gun at him, and, like, if you're going to shoot me, yeah, you know, you got to shoot this Arm guy. around the front holding him with the gun to the head. Yeah, there you go. That, that'll set <laughs> um, you up. Um, and then he's kind of – he shoots one officer coming out to trying to play hero. Um, obviously, he's no uh, Cordell or Trebet. So I think Trevette ends up like distracting him. This seemed odd. And no, then no, no. Cordell like tiptoes around. You can explain it, Pat, if you. Yeah. So you were right. So the, the, a cop came out, just a standard old cop. He wasn't a Texas Ranger came out and was like, what are you doing? And uh, Boone, the fucking asshole he is shoots that cop right away. But Walker seen that happening. And as he was shooting that guy, Boone lost sight of Walker mm-hmm. and Walker was sneaking around the truck. Sure. Shit. Yeah. And then knocks the gun out of Boone's hand and just whoops the living shit out of Boone. Uh, the cop that got shot lives. So that was good. And I don't know. Boone, Boone landed one or two, not as much as the Japanese guy from last episode, but he still landed a, a shot or two. Yeah, he, he got a sucker punch in there because he acted like he was, like, knocked out in the truck. Yep. And then yep. he just yep. rolled out with a right hand and clocked <laughs> him in the face. Didn't even phase him, though. Nothing like the Yoshi fight from last oh, season. Yeah. Yoshi. Yeah, and- Yoshi, like, had a chance. Like, Boone, he got he got a lick. 
Yeah. Not, and um, not much. Moral of the story is Cordell just kicks the living piss out of Boone. And I'm sure it's a theme throughout the whole series, but absolute ass whooping. Kind of ends the episode. I, do you have anything to add to that fight scene? No, nothing to add to the fight scene. Just get his ass whooped so bad that he was sleeping by the end of it. That That's my favorite part. It's just <laughs> yeah. the, the, like, <laughs> the notion that if you get your ass kicked, you just like fall asleep and like you don't need to be put in handcuffs and you just get drugged into, yep. into the station. But yeah. So my, my critiques, actually, let's finish the episode. So they go to the bar. And, yeah. Yeah. So Alex, I, I think Trevette and Cordell go to the bar and Uncle Ray's there. I don't know. This seems super random and I'm, I'm sure it has no rhyme or reason, but Uncle Ray uh, gets called up to the stage for the first time ever. He's, he's playing in public type of thing. And then he decides to tell the shitty dad joke that he told Cordell in the beginning. And it it was like, oh, it, it was the pinnacle of just cheesy acting, but I loved it. Oh, it played too. He was cracking up that yeah. whole bar. He had, he had people. He, rolling. Was, he was not paying for a drink the rest of that night. No, no. And Cordell was just so embarrassed. Like, yep. So the things I liked about that is everybody calls Ray. Uncle Ray. So they brought Uncle Ray to the stage. So he's everybody in Texas's uncle is uh, Uncle Ray. And did you notice CD is a different person, right? In this season, he's not that he's not as fat and he's older. I'm pretty sure they changed the now that you say that change the actor of CD, but yeah. But Uncle Ray is just farting hilarious. Apparently, but I did not understand any of the jokes. Like, I don't know if they actually make sense. Like, or no, if I, it's just like outside of my lane. Like, I don't know uh, the Native American humor. Because there's one about him selling a canoe or some shit. And then there was one about the electricity in the bathroom, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like it's just past our time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Cordell was not enjoying the jokes. But yeah, I will say, so I think we're going to add to the end of this. We're going to do best fight scene. So what do you got for best fight scene? I think I think I got to go with the ending. It's it's the final showdown. The the bar scene was, it was good. But I, I, li- I do like to see Cordell uh, get maybe touched up just a little, make him work for it. I, I loved it. But like you said, though, you didn't get touched up like Yoshi touched him up. Yeah, yeah, fair. But I will say my favorite fight scene was definitely the bar scene. I liked uh, Trevette holding his own through that elbow. Yeah. That's one for the bag right there. Like, if you're going to need to fight, I don't think you got to, in that situation, I don't think you have to announce that you're going to fight because the bottle was already to his throat. But I like the coming out of nowhere with that elbow. And what do you got for best line of the episode? I think I, 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 think I, I couldn't. It. Yeah, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I guess I didn't I didn't know we were doing the line. But your line was the one that like I, I remembered the most. 
just because it was so kind of absurd out of right field, but still made sense. Like it plays. I feel like I've heard my dad say that as a kid too. Like you could walk under a rattlesnake's belly without touching your head. You're so low. Oh yeah, no, nice breakdown. I like you leading the show and I just had to interject. Great episode. Looking forward to more. Uh, One thing I will say is like, it's funny watching these shows like from back in the day. Cause even like when shit's hitting the fan and it's like, kind of negative stuff like they're also like positive and like happy which i feel like is very different from like shows now and i do enjoy like my best example of it is like batman's from like when we were young slash before we were born like they're like a little bit more positive vibe and like where now it's just like darker which i also enjoy but it's funny looking back at TV from this time. It's, it's like it's way more lighthearted. It, it always like ends out on like a very positive, happy note. Like you just, I mean, you see it nowadays, but like every episode just ends not the same way, but just kind of in a happy, positive note. It is basically the same damn way. Like every episode <laughs> ends with like a one liner and like laughing. And then, like, it freezes, and they're all smiling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> someone's yeah. embarrassed, or someone's looking down. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, do you got anything more for this episode? I don't. Not, not for this one. So, yep, we are rolling without our, our uh, MVP. Iron Man Mike is no longer iron. Uh, what, what kind of metal is he going to be in? What's stronger, iron or steel? I think steel is stronger than iron. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense to me. So you just say it's like bronze man. Yeah, well, no, that's like too much of a compliment. We'll we'll give him balsa wood until he gets or like aluminum. Back. Yeah, yeah, something balsa easy wood. to bend. <laughs> easy to bend. <laughs> balsa wood, Mike. Uh, <laughs> So that is our show. Thank you guys for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed that one. Kind of a lull in the season. We did have a great golf tournament, so that was that was nice that we had some sort of sports to talk about. I think we'll be hammering the Brewers hard, looking for a new uh, platform to get this show off on. Ever since, ever since our episode with the soundboard that didn't get to go to air, I am. Um, so addicted to looking for a better way to record the show than just on zoom even though zoom's been pretty good to us there there's just ways we can upgrade and we're looking to do that but thank you all for listening you've been great um riley's gonna reiterate the same thing so i'm not even gonna kick it to him i i can do mike's part here all right riley's gonna be mike do it as mike so mike take it home so listen here, guys. Um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get your your phone, your significant other phones, you know, your your brother, sister, daughter, son's phone. You don't even have just right on your phone, pull up banging on the drum, subscribe, download, play our uh play our podcast. You can play it on two times speed on uh, Apple Podcasts, three and a half on Spotify. And you don't even have to have the volume on. You can just throw it on while you sleep, throw it on the background for 
45 minutes an hour while you're just charging it. Uh, it makes us feel happy. It, mean, it means it doesn't really mean much, but it makes me feel happy. Thank you, Mike. And all of you suckers that are doubting the Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, you can eat our show. Eat our shorts. Roll it. Eat our show. Yeah, eat it. I like that. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my show. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my show. Eat them. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my show. Eat my shows.